This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. It's Stamford Chidge here. It's Friday, just gone seven, which means only one thing. It means it is time for the Chelsea Fancast preview show. I say that not perhaps quite as slickly as I normally might because I am horribly out of practice, largely because the heathens that run the game of football decreed that we haven't been able to play for ages. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to be back, I think, doing a preview of an actual football match, isn't it, Jonathan? I don't know, I've got out of the habit, actually. Who are you? Where am I? What's football? Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Good hope, yeah. good hope. Who have we got on this grand show tonight? Uh, wit, uh, raconteur, uh, Irish. That's a good clue. Irish. 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 Uh, it is, of course, the excellent Martin Wickham. Woo! Evening all. Uh, I think it's a bit... They've changed the monarch, the prime minister, and the Chelsea manager since our last league game, haven't they? Good grief! I hadn't thought about, and and also <laughs> fuck the economy as well. That's pretty pretty oh, good going. Yeah, they, yeah. W- without lube, it seems. You know, yeah. <laughs> at least it makes currency conversion a lot easier because one pound equals fuck all. So. Yeah, exactly that. Martin, I, we were talking off off air before these two joined, and you've been, you've been in the Emerald Isle, haven't you, for the international break? I did Ireland versus Armenia, which doesn't sound great on paper, but got five goals, a stoppage time VAR penalty. Two red cards arguing about the VAR penalty and Ireland won. So a a nice evening for all involved, except maybe the (laughs) Armenian lot going ape shit at the end. Who cares? Who cares about it? Well, I didn't realise. I thought Mkhitaryan played, but I didn't realise he'd stopped. So there you go. There you go. I'm glad you managed to go over there. You had a few pints of Guinness. No, nah, I didn't actually. But really? I t- no, no. no I, well, way. I was trying to get, I, I was trying to get back to the pub, and they diverted us no around way. the houses. So, I, well, I got me steps in, so I can't complain okay. too much. I don't think I could ever, ever visit Dublin and not have a pint of Guinness there because it's the best Guinness in the world, arguably in in Dublin. You know, 
Well, it's a it's an all Ireland thing. It's just rather than the pubs doing the like Guinness lines themselves, they send their own reps around. So you always oh. see vans going around every small town, just maintaining the lines. So you get a good a pint in other parts of um, Ireland as you do in Dublin. But yeah, it's lovely, yeah, lovely it stuff. Indeed, there we go. Go, it goes down far too easily. Yeah. Not because of the water, then, not the lifting yeah, it is, water. Yeah, it is to do with the water. It, yeah, there is the water, but there's also the barrels that... They used to have the thing in Park Royal, which was near me. That's gone. So then everything comes over, and it's, it's from Ireland. But it's Then it's down to how you maintain the beer line. Yep, there you and go. They go knowledge, knowledge. Um, talking of knowledge, JK, we have a uh, one of our journalista friends, too, don't we? Uh, athletic, excellent, Liam Toomey. Hmm. Hello. Hello, Liam. Sorry, that's it. Today. No, I mean, you know, brevity and all that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Liam's editor would approve, you know, that's for sure. Mike, mate. Well, I don't know if it, I don't know if my editor would approve of brevity. Given. No, actually, they, they like them long, <laughs> don't they, on the athletics? Yeah, that's true. Mate, really nice to see you. La- last time we saw you, we actually saw more of your lovely dog, Ruby, than we did you. We did talk to Ruby, actually, while you were otherwise, uh, you know, busy with your lovely baby. Um, she some, probably some, came out with better opinions than well, me. Well, I, I wouldn't possibly say that, but I have to be honest and say there were several people on the show who did make that comment mentioning no names, JK. <laughs> you know, but I, I wouldn't be that cruel. I wouldn't be that unkind. But uh, You promised you wouldn't say. I know, but I'm just like that, aren't I? Anyway, Liam, it's really fantastic to see you looking well, by the way, I have to say. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Ruby's upgraded to a carrot, by the way. She's chomping away in okay. the next room. So. I, I won't feel offended by that. I can she's, understand. She's traded us in. All right, just let you know what's going on. We're going to catch up with a bit of Chelsea news, what's been going on while we've been away. I mean, there's been some international matches which might merit some comment. Uh, we've had a Potter presser today, which uh, might well also merit some chat and uh, more departures as well from Chelsea, which I think is worth discussing as well. Uh, that's all in part one. And in part two, guess what we're doing? We are previewing the Crystal Palace versus Chelsea match because, of course, that's the match that kicks off tomorrow. So we'll be uh, talking about all that kind of stuff in part two. So let's kick the ball rolling. Uh, I didn't see the Potter pre- uh, Potter presser today because I was otherwise engaged. Did any of you guys see it? I, I saw it. And marks out of 10? Uh, well, I thought, to be fair to him, nothing's really happened, has no. it? So, you know, <laughs> it, it was, he was pleasant. It was all a bit dull, you know. I mean, he was just—he was being—he uh, was being very—he was being very pleasant. He was very um, accomplished at uh, at coming across as being um, a nice bloke. He but, doesn't really uh, say anything, does he? I mean, no, I, there were nothing, yeah. nothing was said really, other than that Cucurella's ill yeah. and the, and Monty's still injured. So, uh, but he doesn't really—he's he, kind of one of the. Do you know what? I, I, I'm going to say this, and, and please don't berate me, everybody, because. If there is a god in the sky, it will be nothing like this. But there was, I have to say, I think there's a bit of the AVB about Potter. He, he speaks, he, he doesn't really speak English in a way that I know it. You know, <laughs> do, do you know what well, I mean? I think, no, I think it's also we've been spoiled by Tuchel, who I was, know, uh, I know, who was uh, remarkable, remarkable yeah. in he, his first language. And, and kind of, there was a kind of just not arrogance, but a confidence there, which uh, they've replaced with a nice bloke. You know, I mean, having said that, though, I only saw, you know, the beginning. I mean, perhaps Liam saw the rest of it and he became a beast in the last uh, the last few minutes of the uh, of the um, 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 publicized uh, presser. 
But um, but to be fair to him, nothing's happened, has it? You know, he's he's, he's been having to work with the team, um, lots of whom weren't there for the international break. So you know, and the the question seemed to be, have you managed and have you managed to impose your your style? And he said, well, obviously you have a different kind of each manager has, but. Um, and then somebody said, well, you won't have an opportunity to do this because all you'll be doing is playing when you thought, well, yeah, that's true. But and he said he admitted that the pressure is on all the time, which it is. He has to make an impact. So um, uh, basically, you know, if he loses the next six games, I don't think there's going to be much. Um, yeah. I don't quite know what's going to be happening. But Liam wanted to come in. What, Liam, what did you want to say? I just wanted to say I wasn't at the press conference. So as we were oh. starting, just before we started recording, I was reading through the quotes um, and I it cemented the initial impression I had of Potter and and what I'd been told from our Brighton correspondent, Andy Naylor, was that I think he's got real potential to be the most boring press conference <laughs> performer of any Chelsea coach we can remember. And I don't mean that as an insult. You know, I think it's obviously not good for journalists, um, but that's not his problem. No. Um, that's not what he's been hired for. And generally, club owners want coaches that um don't generate yeah. headlines from their press conferences that they yeah. they he- they generate headlines from the way their team plays on the pitch and yeah. he's he you know following on from what jk said he's got an incredible skill i think potter of being able to give you an entire paragraph that when you're listening to it in the moment makes you think oh you know, we're having a really good exchange here you know the he he's he's sort of warm and he looks you in the eye and he you know he's he's the, the things that he's saying make you think you you're getting some really good stuff and then you transcribe it and think there's 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 nothing yeah <laughs> Liam, what, what, it's all very nice but there's nothing what what are the what do the press boys think of the appointment of potter because we haven't really spoken to any of you boys since this all happened i mean what, what do they think of the appointment of potter well I, d- I don't think there's one school of thought but the way my the way i initially thought about it was that it's not the kind of appointment that fits the way I think some people have wanted to portray Chelsea's new owners um, over the summer because of the way they've been splashing money around in the transfer market because of all this, you know, the, these reports of Todd Bowley meeting George Mendes and, and, and then of course his more recent, you know, outlandish suggestions of an all-star game and things like that. There's, I, I, I think there's been a desire to present Bowley and Egg Barley and, and the other guys in this group as clueless Americans. Um, and I think it is fair to say that they've been, you know, learning on the job to a degree in these first, in these first few months, but I think it's also an exaggeration and they haven't been the classic new owners, the classic splashy new owners making all the classic new owner mistakes in these first few months. They do have a genuine idea of what they want to um running the club and I think Potter's appointment like underlines that it's probably the classic example because if you were going to sack a Champions League winning coach like Thomas Tuchel which in, in itself is a big bold call so early on you know it, it, if they just wanted to make statements um, they would have gone out and hired whoever the current Jose Mourinho is you know they'd go out and hire a sexy name and and someone who would get people talking. Graham Potter isn't that. He's he's kind of a vaguely fashionable name because I think Brighton became a pretty fashionable team under him, um, but only to people who really watch football and and, and keep up with it. And not I think not like us, obviously. 
Well, I, I, I just, he's not like, you know, you could say Jose Mourinho's name to anyone at this point and they'd know who you're talking yeah. about, whether they like football or not. You know, and those, I'm just using him as the classic no, no. example of the type of manager that certain new owners would immediately be starstruck by. Graham Potter is the opposite of that. You know, he's he, he's sort of no, no, no surface, all substance. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 of course he's a gamble because he's not proven at this level. Oh, indeed, that's the thing that worries all of us. I, I do want to bring Martin in, but actually, what, what we've been talking about fits in very nicely. What what I what else I wanted to one of the things I wanted to speak about in this part, which is you know obviously we've lost Tommy T, but uh, also more recently the doctor's gone, which uh, I don't think he was very happy about. Um, Steve Atkins, the director of comms has another one of the senior management team to go following on from Guy Lawrence. Hooray! Uh, Bruce Buck and uh, Marina and Petr Cech, of course. Um, and I, I'm very sad to see Steve go because I think he was really good and I liked him a lot. And of course, now the physio's gone, uh, dismissed after 17 years in a Zoom call. I, I don't really know what to make of all these goings. I mean, there's half of me, Liam, that says, well, you know, this is not unusual. I've worked in the corporate game there and thereabouts for long enough to know that when you get a new ownership this you know people who've been there for a long time think you know what i just can't be asked to go through all this again so i'm gonna it's a good op- it's a good shot good good uh kind of opportunity for me to go and do something else so uh, you know in a way i don't think there's necessarily anything sinister with this at all but on the other hand that's a lot of people that really understand the fabric of the club leaving um and i'm not i'm not convinced that's necessarily a good thing because i mean where, where do you stand on that yeah i think there's been a lot of change much more than i expected and you know whenever there's a whenever there's a takeover of any company you expect especially sort of heads of department and things like that to to change and and the way things are done day to day to change um but i think the most surprising thing about all of this has been the speed of it mm. um you know it seems like uh, Bowley and Egbali took their 100 days to assess everything and then decided that pretty much everything needed changing. And of course, and of course, um, Granovskaya and, and Czech went before then and, and, and Buck. Um, but it's, it, it has been really, really drastic. And I think it's been felt inside Cobham as well. I think there are in, in even what way? people in what that way? are still there. In what way? Well, even people that are still there. Um, you know, I think there, there are people at Cobham right now that are kind of torn between, being sort of cautiously optimistic and excited about the direction the club's going in, but also being unsettled because mm. there's all sorts of change and you don't know if you're going to become part of that change. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it is a little bit of a destabilizing time. And the sooner that um, the new owners are able to finalize the key hires who can then maybe, you know, hire, make more hires themselves Um and, and there's a new structure in place, then I think things can settle down a bit again. But it, certainly the the overhaul um, that was begun pretty soon after they took over the club is still very much in, in full swing. And we're, we're hearing about new departures by the week yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. It, it is unsettling. I've been in that position myself. I'm wondering how much that might, you know, filter into the players. And the other thing is, the key, excuse me, <clears throat> the key hire, so we're told, is the director of football. That trail seems to have gone a little cold in the last week or two. Well, they're still they're still pushing to make an appointment, but they had a setback, undeniably, because they'd settled on Christoph Freund, 
um, from Red Bull Salzburg. And our understanding was, and I think it wasn't just our understanding, people reported it as strongly as they did for a reason, because Chelsea had a full agreement with him um, to become the new sporting director. And then it seems that what happened was that Red Bull Salzburg kind of made it clear they wanted to keep him, maybe put a pr- bit of pressure on him. He really he reevaluated things and had a change of heart and decided that he he actually wanted to stay where he was. And I think Chelsea had put a lot of work into trying to convince him to come. And, and of course, they'd already had the um, rebuffal from Michael Edwards as well earlier in the summer. So you don't want this to become a pattern um, because that is the key hire on the football side of the club, but aside from the head coach, um, those two people will really build out the football operation around them. And, you know, you're talking about physios leaving and, and people in other departments. Those are probably hires that a sporting director might be expected to, if not make himself, then at least feed into. So the sooner you can get someone in there, the better, but um, we, you know, they are looking at other people. They are having conversations all the time and, the initial timetable we were told was that they wanted them in. They wanted a new person in by January at the latest. I think they want them in a lot earlier than that, um, just to try and get the operation more the way they want it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Um, JK? Yeah, I mean, is, a, is a director of football involved in recruitment? Um, because I thought that um, Potter had brought, a, a, brought with him uh, a recruiter. Is that not the case? Isn't one of the guys he's brought with him a, a recruiter? Yes. As yeah, well. so, so would they would they be uh, in var- at variance with each other, or do they just would they just consult? No, they would they would work together. Um, yeah. So basically, um, uh, I can't actually remember the guy's first name, but Macaulay, the guy that um, Potter has brought with him, his recruitment analyst. Yes. He would basically act as the the kind Carl, of go between Macaulay. Carl Macaulay. Carl Macaulay. That's it. Yeah. Apologies to Carl Macaulay. Um, he would act as kind of the go-between that didn't exist this summer right. between Tuchel and and the board. Um, but he would act as the, the go-between between sort of Potter and the sporting director. It would mean that right. Potter wouldn't necessarily have to have every single recruitment conversation face to face with a sporting director. He wouldn't have to not. He wouldn't have to not answer his phone. He wouldn't have to not answer his phone or or delete himself from the WhatsApp group. Martin, oh, so sorry. Yeah. It's, Martin, so sorry. Martin, so sorry. It's taken ages to get to you, and I do apologise for that. By all means, comment on any of that stuff that we've been talking about. But I've got a question that is, is for you and uh, very appropriately for you, and I, I'm reading it to myself now and thinking, what was I thinking when I wrote this? Because I've said international form or hangover, and, and I'm, I'm wondering if I was actually referring to myself today. But, uh, I mean... I didn't watch too many of the international games over the break. I did watch the England-Germany game, which I was intrigued by, actually, because we looked so much better as a... T- when I say we, England looked so much better as a... You mean you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> England looked so much better as a team when Mount came on, and what a fantastic goal he scored. Uh, and equally, Kai Havertz scored an absolute worldie. Um, I'm not going to comment on Timo Werner doing what he does best, which was stretching the defence and missing sitters. Um, but I, it did occur to me that actually maybe we, we, we did miss a bit of what he does do well, which was to stretch the defence. But uh, Mountain Havertz, um, I would hope that that's improved their confidence before coming back to Premier League games this weekend. Well, I didn't actually watch the England game. I was in transit at the yeah, time, yeah. so I missed the whole thing. Saw the. We know where your loyalties well, lie, mate. Yeah, right. you know, don't worry. Always, 
you know, can they both lose, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't pay too much attention to international form. We've had that before. Every time Werner would score a goal against Macedonia, we were saying things like, oh, he's turned the corner, he's turned the corner, and then he'd promptly come back and look like fucking Bambi on ice again and do exactly what you've said, where he would get into great position, stretch defence, final product non-existent. So, yeah, I mean... As he what, did. As what he... A, okay, what I, what I do enjoy about Mason Mount doing well for England is that he's, every fan of Northern shit house teams, you go, oh, you've got to drop Mount, you've got to drop Mount, he's shit, play Jack Grealish, play fucking, play foot, get that soft southern bastard out of I there. thought Foden was rubbish, by the way. Yeah, the, well, yeah, if, if, yeah I, you know, so no one says anything about Foden. It's very he strange, you know. Cat, he, he has a he has a poor he has a a poor game for England. He misses preseason because he wasn't vaccinated yet. All you heard about was Gallo County and Ruben Loftus Cheek. How does that work? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, English. Um, yeah, but he does well for England, and all these talks about him. Oh, he shouldn't play for England. He should be dropped. And then, why do you think he keeps getting picked? And there yeah. you go. Yeah. So it amuses me in that sense, and you know if they do, if they do well in Qatar, um, and hopefully he's an integral part of it, just to shut up people in our own fan base who still, quite. you know, insulting purely to generate a certain reaction on social media. It's going to be quite interesting the World Cup, if not just for that aspect of it. J.K., I mean, I presume you watched watched the matches, did you? I watched it all. Did you? Bless your hearts. Yeah. More better than me then. I didn't. I didn't. What was the? Who was the other game against? Italy, uh, wasn't it? I didn't see that one. I didn't yeah, see the yeah, Italy yeah. game. Well, we were yeah. doing the show, weren't we? So I couldn't have seen that. Yeah, no, I watched it after. I watched the highlights yeah. of that one. After. I watched the whole of the Germany game. I, um, um, yeah, Mount came on and was excellent. Yeah. Absolutely excellent. The energy. But he played back to normal, back to a normal Mount. Great goal. Performance. Yeah, it was great. Great. And Havertz scored a complete worldie and looked, you know, it looked imperious, really. Um, but um, And Werner missed a sitter, as you'd expect. Uh, but um, but he did stretch uh, the defence. We, we were dreadful um, up until uh, the substitutions, where suddenly the energy came and we scored a goal. But I think that's down to the manager uh, making very strange decisions on on picking Maguire and uh, Maguire Dyer. and Dyer, the yeah, worst um, law firm in the world. I mean, particularly when Tom, Tomori uh, is um, is doing so well for AC. Oh no, no, sorry, tomorrow, as uh, Carlton Palmer called him on Talksport. He called him yeah. that. Carlton clearly dreaming of all of his tomorrows there. But there you go. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't say that to his what, face, what you, by the way. What, but, what yeah. do you say? You know, it, Germany have obviously got some some problems in that they gave all these goals away really quickly. And then Nick Pope made an absolute howler, just dropping the ball in front of Havertz. But Havertz was there. You know, I it, it would be interesting to see, you know, I'm, what I'm hoping for tomorrow, and we're going to talk about it, obviously. I'm hoping that I would like to see a strange selection that we go oh that's interesting I, I, I warn you now i've not gone strange yeah. in my selection yeah no i've seen it I've I, I, it. I, it's really well it's fun I mean, the reason i mention this now is because it's funny you say that because i was so tempted to go strange but yeah. i've I, i've restrained my inner strangeness um liam we're kind of getting on to tomorrow and i mean this is a bit of the automori perhaps we should say um we're getting into this with the with the match against palace coming up and of course it, it suddenly dawned on me largely because every single bit of news about the match tomorrow has has trumpeted this this is of course potter's first premier league match um in charge of chelsea which is kind of weird you know that he's had to wait almost a month for it um they did talk about this in the presser and i and i mean i can't really decide myself whether the break might have helped him or not because of course 
half the players that he would have needed to have been working with have been away on the international break. So I'm not I'm not really sure. I mean, where, where do you stand on that? Help or hindrance? It sounds like a cop-out, but none of us will know. Not even Potter will yeah, know absolutely. until we see the performance. Um, and, you know, I, I think... I think those early days were probably helpful um, because he had the entire group minus N'Golo Kante, who was obviously injured. Um, and so now? he was able to do. Is he fit now? I saw him. I saw him he's tra- training again. He's on. He's, he's on fit. the grass, apparently. Yeah. yeah, he has in in uh, journalism parlance. He's he's stepped up his recovery. Um, a bit like me that- today after my hangover. But do you think that the the, um, the fibbing, they got rid of the physio for these re- for these reasons, and that that and the doctor, the, and the doctor, that the fact that that Conte was supposed to be back and fine, and he wasn't. I know it's down to individual health and players, but you wonder whether they think, well, actually, th- this shouldn't be happening. Well, at this but they, they should look at some of the managers for playing him into the ground, not the bloody yeah. doctor. I, I genuinely don't know because I mean I haven't looked specifically into those cases, but you know those those. Those changes are also part of a broader pattern that we discussed earlier of long-serving Abramovich-era staff who are being let go. So it's it's, it's difficult to say whether yeah. the injury record has played into it. Chelsea have not had a good injury record recently, but for quite a long time, for quite a few years, they were better than average. Yeah. And it's a lot of the same people we're talking about. So it's, it's hard to say um, if there was a direct link there. Um, I mean, Liam, on that point. Sorry, Liam. Sorry, go on, go on. Yeah. Well, no, Kante's problems are very much specific to him as well, yeah. I think. And they they do date back to the decision to to play him in that 2019 Europa yeah. League final, which which clearly play, paid off on the day, um, but has had a cost since. In that he, he he's never seen quite the same physically. Yeah, I mean, I, and it's the, and it's the same medical staff that were able to get John Terry in his 30s and. I can't remember if it was Aspilicueta or Cahill, also in their thirties, playing every minute of a Premier League season. Yeah, exactly. So they can't be all yeah. that bad. Well, indeed. I mean, when well, this... you look at what Thiago Silva's doing now, as exactly. Well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with both of you, and I do think this has this, this is more to do with environment and circumstances. And you know, we do. I mean, the high pressing game, for example, is going to take more out of players. The fact is, over the last few seasons, we've been playing sixty plus games every season. Uh, I'm sure COVID would have had an uh, an effect on this, you know, particularly the players that got it. You know, I mean, there's so many other factors in this, I think, than just saying, oh, it's the doctor's fault for not making them uh, better. I just wonder if the uh, new ownership, JK, uh, hired Potter in the hope that he'll just wave his wand and they'll all be well. Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. Player Leviosa. Yeah. What? What position does he play? (laughs) (laughs) Expelliarnus. Or whatever it is. That was you off your hangover. Yeah, that was actually quite true, Martin. Let's not go there. Um, JK, um, one thing. I mean, actually, this this follows on very nicely from what we've just been talking about. Um, we're, we, we've all had a bit of a break, really. We know. I mean, we've turned. I've done a couple of shows. I know that. But I've just done the new fan cast schedule, as you all know. And, you know, there are 13 matches in the next six weeks. So our schedule is about six weeks. Oh. It takes us up to the uh, to the beginning of the World Cup. Or yeah. the end of the Premier League before they will go off to the World Cup. So six six weeks, thirteen matches. Now I think there's two ways to look at this, J.K. One is it's horrific uh, again, but on the other hand, we're kind of used to it. So again, I don't really know where I stand on this. What, what say you? 
Well, it's going to have to use. It's going to have to use the squad, isn't he? Uh, you, you hope there isn't there aren't any injuries. And I, I just feel a little bit sympathetic for him if he hasn't really worked out what the best combination is. I'll be intrigued to see whether Koulibaly plays. I'll be intrigued to see whether Fafana plays. I just hope he doesn't play Dave again. Um, but you know, who knows? Perhaps he has a. Uh, a, a certain way that he wants to to push well, out. I mean, the, I, I there's two ways to look at it. I think, isn't there? One is that, you know, I agree with you. I, I feel an element of sympathy for him here because he doesn't really know the players. He doesn't really know what his best team is going to be. He doesn't probably even know what his best formation with these players are going to be. And what you could argue that if you've got two games every week, pretty much. Um, he's not going to have time to think about it. It's going to be game, 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 game. On As the I other said, hand, he, he might learn quicker. He, well, he might learn quicker because he's... You, you yeah. hope, you know, you're, you're relying on his his experience of Sweden and Brighton. So, um, uh, I mean, it's all a bit, it's all a bit get, it's it is, guesswork. It is, know? isn't it? But I mean, Liam, you know, the one thing in the back of my mind about Potter, and I'm not trying to have a, let's all have a dig at Potter evening, but... It's all over pot at Potter. Have I? That's a very good, JK. Very good. But, you know, experienced um, elite managers, by which I mean managers who have managed the best clubs, who compete for every single trophy every season, fully expect to have game, two or three days, game, two or three days, game, and also in different competitions. They know how to manage that. And, and Potter can't have had that experience. And, and I have to say that does worry me a bit. Well, I think he, I think he would have done at Ostersund. Yeah, but not um, to the level that we're at at Chelsea. They weren't yeah, expected to yeah, win. Yeah, absolutely. Games. No, no, and and also you would, you know, by the end of his time at Ostersund, they were a relatively strong team in in the Swedish league, which is obviously a much lower level. So that would have been a different dynamic every three days to Chelsea, where every game you don't win is a disaster. Um, so I, I think, yeah, it's a good point to so that to that degree it is a bit of a leap into the unknown um and i think we're gonna we we we're in a a strange point in the season right now where we don't know much about chelsea's new head coach or how how he'll how he'll do in this job we don't know much about what this group of players looks like because there have been so many new faces added but we are about to find out in the next six weeks we will have our answer by mid-november we will have a very good idea of where Potter is in terms of adapting to the scale of this job. And we'll have a very good idea about what he considers to be his strongest team, what players he considers to be not in his plans. That's the other part of this is that there are players you know, towards the edge of the Chelsea squad right now who are looking at this run of 13 games in six weeks and thinking, well, if I don't feature a lot, that tells me all I need to know, doesn't it? Because... As JK said, he's going to have to lean on his squad. There's going to have to be rotation. So if you are not part of that rotation, then January rolls around and you kind of know where you stand. Um, so there's, there are a lot of things that are going to shake out in the next the six City weeks, City I think. Game. Sorry, they mentioned to see the Man City game, whether he chooses a very weak side for well, that. For the, or, the Caribou. The Caribou, yeah, whether he chooses uh, or he competes. I, 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 it, it's all so up in the air. It's, it's absolutely remarkable. And also we could, after these six weeks, it could be the end of the season. Well, might be that's of, a good point, Jake. Might be out of the Champions League. Might have. Might be eighteenth. Might be not eighteenth. Tenth. Might be. I mean, you uh, you could define the season. I was thinking exactly that. I yeah. mean, this six weeks, this next six weeks, could define the season. Martin, do you do you think that's a good point? It's a possibility, and if it happens that way, it makes the decision to 
change not to make this decision earlier even more strange i think they've um but basically this new ownership now every decision everything that happens going forward is on them because they can't say oh it was like that when i got here because they've changed everything now and you know from the you know marina down and then changing Tuckle, replaced him with potter who is a good coach but is he oh, i don't want to i don't want to say is he experienced enough because we supported Frank Lampard unconditionally when he came in with even less experience in the top job and for a while he didn't do too badly but um, yeah it, there's a distinct possibility we could be out of everything by the FA Cup by this World Cup break and then we see what happens do does Graham Potter last as long as the chap at Watford did who got sacked in the week or do they um, maintain patience and um take a holistic holistic approach and go from there i mean liam, hopefully it doesn't come to that yeah i mean liam my gut is that they'll do the latter whatever happens actually i really do i mean that's the that's the statement that they made at the beginning and that's it was a, it wasn't just a statement it was a statement of intent i think well I've, I've said this before i think having having made the decision to get rid of tuchel which in itself was a huge call but then when they did it um and and to bring in a guy like Potter who has has still got everything to prove at this level, he's just not had the opportunity yet. If this doesn't work, yes, it'll be disappointing for Potter and, and, and might change the way a few people look at him, but it will be more damaging for the owners. Mm-hmm. If they if they have to sack Potter, it will be an admission of failure on from them yeah. because they've put they've put their heads on the block here and, and said, we think this guy is a better fit for the culture we're trying to build and the way we want to run the club than an, an unquestionably elite Champions League winning coach. Um, and they've done this with, you know, a couple of months experience of European football. So they they could not be more um, committed to, to Potter. And, you know, the five-year contract, I think, is... It's not irrelevant, but it's kind of superfluous. We all know that, you know, managers and contracts, you, yeah. you, you never really read too much into them. Yeah. Um, but it's more the it's more the situation that the owners have put themselves into with the nature of the Tuchel sacking and this hiring. Yeah. They need they need to give him time to 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 let or give him everything he needs yeah. to well, ensure this works. I agree. I, I mean, final point on this: something just occurred to me because this was doing the rounds a bit last week, um, largely because well, I, I'm no fan of Gareth Southgate. I'll be honest with you. I, I think that with a better, more elite manager in charge of England, we would have won either the European Championship, the World Cup, or both. And I think that's on him. And I think they hired him because he wears a nice waistcoat and he's a nice bloke, you know. But uh, there's a chance, of course, that after the World Cup, whatever happens with England, Liam, that that, that Southgate might either, might either go of his own volition or get the tin tack. And a lot of people were saying, oh, well, yeah. In fact, actually, I know that the bookies' favourite for that is Graham Potter. I mean, do you think that's conceivable that if Southgate goes, Potter might say, do you know what, sod Chelsea, I might go and get take the England job? I think it would have to go really wrong at Chelsea. Oh, in it the next six to- weeks. Yeah, it would have to go really like disastrously wrong. Um, and uh, well, you know, I'm of a similar view to Martin when it comes to international football. I don't watch it outside of tournaments. I don't pay much attention to it beyond the attention that my job demands. Oh, I'll watch it. I just don't watch England. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just not. I'm not generally. I can't get 
motivated by the Nations League or qualifiers or things like that. Um, but I, I generally feel that the top club jobs are far, far bigger and they are viewed as far, far bigger than the top international jobs. And as attractive as the England job is and would be to someone like Graham Potter, I don't know how, I don't know personally how patriotic he is. You'd have to ask him. Um, Chelsea's a bigger job. Mm. It just is. When you're managing one of the biggest European clubs, you're managing at the highest level of the game in the Champions League, tactically the highest level. Um, I think that holds a lot more appeal to most mm. coaches. And um, yeah, I, th- I, I think being England coach might be a, a career aspiration of his someday, but I, I'd be very, very surprised if it were to happen. Although, as you say, I agree. I think after this tournament, Southgate is done because we can see the general trajectory. I don't think this World Cup's going to go well for England. No, I don't. The way they're playing. Yeah. Um, and I just think it'll be the right time to to call it a day. I think the the, 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 the final, final nail in the coffin, and this will please our American cousins of, of whom there are many listeners to this show, I think the final act will be uh, when uh, the Americans hand out some whoop-ass to us in the group stages because I feel that one is definitely on the cards. You know what they should do, Lee? And they look at Martin. Martin's shaking. Why? You don't think that's going to happen, Martin? It's not, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't fucking want it to happen. I don't like Americans getting involved in sports they don't invent because they're just a fucking unbearable. So, I don't um, I don't I, never mind Never mind England beating the Yanks. I hope fucking Wales smash them as well. <laughs> well, that will probably happen too. Listen, they should give the job to Frank Lampard when this is all done. And I think I think given where he is, I think that's possibly more like, likely. And I think he would do a very good job, actually, given his, his England credentials. Unlike, well, I mean, Southgate didn't do badly for England, to be fair, but... You know he's a mis- he is a Middlesbrough level manager as he's proving in my my opinion. But there we go. We can chunt. Go on, sorry, go on. If you wanted to say no, no, no. I was just going to say. Well, I mean, even aside from the 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 pure sort of coaching element of it, when you look at the other things that the FA look for in the England manager's job, the other boxes that Southgate ticks in terms of being the public face of the team, handling loads of non-football questions deftly um being very very eloquent in press conferences all this sort of thing i think lampard ticks a lot of those boxes yeah. and it's uh, i i would imagine it would be a job he would be interested in at some point i think he would hi- i think he would find it hard to turn down in a way that potter might find it easier to turn down but anyway we will see liam uh, as always you've, you've been brilliant you're you are welcome to stay for part two if you want but if you've got better things to do it's it, we, won't, we will not hold it against you just yes or no I think I need to check that baby is settled. Okay, well, you can do that. I'll, you I'll can, probably you can even pop back if you want. It's up to you. But you know, I, what I'm saying, I'm just trying to know. determine whether I need to say thank you, Liam. It's been brilliant having you on the show, and and we're going to say goodbye or not. So, uh, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe sign me out. Cause all I right, think, um, done deal. Yeah, okay, well, look, as I said, Liam, as always, uh, brilliant having you on the show. Um, stuff, you're much better than Ruby. Don't ever let anybody tell you different. <laughs> And uh, and enjoy the rest of your Friday evening. And are you going to the game tomorrow? I'm not. No, I'm um, I'm at a uh, a stag party. I'm the best man. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, yeah. enjoy that. And I hope you haven't got too much of a stinking hangover on Sunday. But there you go. All right, Lynn. <laughs> great stuff, mate. We'll see you soon. Thanks again, as always. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Brilliant. Well done. Thank you. There you go. Great stuff. The brilliant Liam Toomey there from the uh, wonderful Athletic. Uh, and uh, we're about to go for a break. But before we do, JK, before yes. we do... By the way, he was excellent. Oh, He's but he always is. Timey. He always Time. is. He always is. We're very lucky that in, in, in Liam and Adam, we've got two 
phenomenally good uh, mates. Well, they're they're good journos, and they just happen to be really good mates as well. So that you know that makes for a very good combination in my book. Um, most people, J.K., think the most important thing that's happening this weekend is that Chelsea are travelling down to Soilhurst Park and uh, playing Crystal Palace. But, of course, they would be wrong, wouldn't they? Because the most yes. important thing that's happening this weekend is, in fact, happening at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon at the Troubadour uh, on Old Brompton Road. It's the Kerry Dixon afternoon, Chidge. E- evening, evening, evening. Hey, I'm sorry, I've, I've already... I'll st- start again. Take two. It's the <laughs> Kerry... It's the Kerry Dixon evening, Chidge. It is, JK. It starts at four o'clock. Who knew that? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, look, it should be fun. I mean, let's listen, people. I mean, yeah, as I said, it's, it's pretty easy. It's at the Troubadour Pub, which is on Old Brompton Road, um, which is a great pub and also a, a, a quite a well-known music venue, as it happens. But uh, we've got uh, fifty tickets uh, to this event going, and uh, what will happen is me at four o'clock ish. Me, JK, and Kerry are going to review the Crystal Palace game in a kind of a, a mini, a mini kind of Chelsea live Chelsea fan cast, and then we're going to have about an hour's uh, Q and A with Kerry, uh, which will be great. So you get to ask Kerry questions, and then after that's all wrapped up, we'll have about an hour of just drinking and chatting with Kerry, getting any memorabilia signed, and all that kind of thing. So it's great fun. It should be, but the, as I said, we can only have fifty people in there. Uh, because it's limited to that number and there's still quite a lot of tickets going so if you if you want to go it's not too late uh you can uh, get your tickets at www.ticketweb.uk but i do believe uh that you'll be able to get a few on the door although i can't i mean you know the thing about getting them on the door if you turn up at four um you know if if all 50 have gone by then you won't get in but of course if there are spaces left you will so you, you, it'll be a bit random if you turn up at four but you can pay on the door that's uh, i've now found that out i didn't realize that before so yeah come along it'll 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 be great fun there's some great people coming already um half the fan cast mob are going to be there so you're, you're there aren't you martin that uh, should be yeah um yeah nice bit of a funny time if um cost of living and all that but yeah it should be a decent day if anyone can make it down yeah martin will be there me and jk obviously dan's going to be there and uh, mark Meehan is going to be there and uh, there'll be a lot of faces that many of you will know and love so please come along and i mean the other thing of course it's, it's about supporting kerry which is always a good cause so uh, come along tickets are 20 quid four o'clock start sunday afternoon at the troubadour as i said you can get the tickets either from www.ticketweb.uk or just turn up on the door at four o'clock and pay on the door. So there you go. I commend it to you as I do part two, which will be coming up after this very short break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. 
It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Football Fancast. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show with me, Stanford Chidge, and uh, his eminence, uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. Good to see you. I'm looking forward to, uh, and we were talking before the break, weren't we? I'm looking forward to the Kerry thing on Sunday, the Kerry evening. Oh, he's he's excellent. So uh, um, and and a great communicator, and uh, really enjoys talking about himself, which is fantastic. Yeah, not like us. We hate talking about ourselves. Really, I, don't I'm we? not going to be talking about myself. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. And as I said before the break, come along if you can. Uh, right, we've got Jonathan on, as you just heard. Uh, we've also got the fantastic Martin Wickham on the show. Always lovely to see you, Martin. Yeah, likewise. Good to be here. Lovely stuff. Martin will be on there on Sunday too. So there you go. Right. Uh, Crystal Palace v Chelsea. Guess what we start off with here? Of course, we start off with Chidge's team sheet. Uh, I know. Now, you know I said in part one that I I heard, I decided not to go strange, JK. Yes. Uh, so we know that Mondi is out. Yes. We know that uh, Conte is out. They're both still injured or not fit enough to play yet. We also have heard, or I have heard, that Cucurella is ill and uh, Chuck is ill. So those two are out of contention as it's well. A shame. I was hoping that Chuck might make an appearance, actually. Well, he played in that game that didn't really exist and did quite well, didn't he? Yes, yes. There yeah. was against Brighton, apparently, yeah. Which That's right. So in, in lieu of those absentees, this is what I've gone for. I've gone for Kepper in goal. Uh, and I've gone... Oh, oh by the way, I, I've, I've basically stuck with the so-called formation that Potter apparently started with uh, against uh, Salzburg, although people don't seem to know one way or another. But I'm I'm kind of going four two three one, which in the old days we used to kind of almost call the Ted Rogers formation. That would be four three two one, of course. But uh, anyway, so uh, that being the case, four at the back. Uh, so I'm I'm. We know Chilwell will start if Cucurella's not fit. Uh, so that's a bit of a shoe in. Silver will definitely start because Silver's bloody marvellous. Uh, we know that James will start, so I suspect he'll be right back. Uh, so the uh, that leaves the second central defensive spot, uh, which means it will be, I think, it should be Fafana. Uh, but who knows? It might be Koulibaly and it, it might even be Dave. Um, I'm going to get back to the back four in a minute or two um, because there, there, are, there are issues around that, obviously. Midfield, I think he'll go Kovacic, Jorginho. As I said, whether we like it or not, I think he'll be a fan of Jorginho because his magical ability to pass the ball backwards and sideways for over over five feet impresses the shit out of managers. Fuck knows why, but there you go. Um, and then the three uh, kind of behind the striker. I mean, the striker, I think he'll choose Aubameyang. 
um, rather than Brozier. I'd kind of prefer him to choose Brozier, but again, they spent money on on Aubameyang, so I think that's what they'll do. So the three behind Aubameyang and in front of Kovacic and Jorginho, I think is pretty much, if he plays this formation, nailed on to be Sterling, Havertz in the middle and Mount. And actually, I think there's, you know, I, I, I do like Mount and Havertz playing slightly deeper, so I'm all right with that. But as I said, he might tinker. He might go 4-3-3 and Mount will come back into the three. Um, he might uh, push James... Um, he might play with wing-backs and push Chilwell and James up and have Koulibaly in there with, with Silver and Fofana. I mean, I, I worry about Silver in a back four. I'll be honest with you. It, it, it didn't look good. It, doesn't, it doesn't, hasn't looked good when we've done it before. Um, but that, I think, will depend a lot on who he's got as, the, as his kind of left-back stroke, left-wing-back and Chilwell... I still think he's a better player than Cucurella. So there, there are there is so much we don't know, J.K. Really, but that's what I'm sticking with. I agree with you about Chilwell. He has that um, that uh, there's a kind of, of 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 excellence about him that he can just come up with. I will go on about the goal against Leicester, which was straight out of the blue and terrific. He has that, which I, I'm not seeing from Cucurella, and Cucurella's attempts on goal were were feeble unless he suddenly becomes uh, um, uh, uh, has a terrific shot. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm I, I would play Chilwell all the time if he's fit. I think there was this question mark over him being fit, but I would agree with that. But otherwise, I you know I would sort of say yes, Chidge, this is this is it. This is what it'll be. Um, but I, I'm sort of clueless, really. This makes sense from a going through each player. James, you know, top banana international. Um, one of the best players. Um, Silva has to play. Chilwell will play because Cucurella's injured. Um, uh, he has to play Sterling. Um, uh, Obama Yang, more experience. If he's going to be thinking, who am I going to put in uh, to score goals? Um, Brozier's played in the in the Premier League, but you know, I think you bring him on as a as a, a, a powerful um, um, shock substitute. And he, he could come on for either Havertz or, yeah, or uh, yeah. Aubameyang, I think. You bring him on. I think you bring him on. I agree. Um, uh, what, what alternatives are there? You know, this is the thing. What, what amidst, will, will, the, will the new boy play? We don't know how he's been playing, do we? Because he, apparently he played, didn't he, in the, um, um, the midfield player whose name just escaped. Chaka Waka Waka. Zakaria. Oh, Zakaria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zakaria, yeah. Yeah, you wonder whether or not um, you know six foot two, unbelievably quick, or uh, but he was injured. Is he? What's how has he been impressed? What about Ruben? Apparently, apparently Potter's been working quite closely with Ruben because, of course, he's been one of the few. I mean, that's an interesting point. Who are the players that didn't make the international cut? Who he's been able to work with? But hasn't he been playing Ruben as a centre back? Christ, I hope not. This is what I read. Oh my God! Seriously? Yeah, I've read that. Oh fuck off. well, I, you know, one. We saw that at Luton last year. That turned did. out well, didn't it? Yes, he was much better when he started coming forward as a midfielder. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? Um, so, uh, uh, but yeah, that, that's as any likely lineup as any, isn't it? Really, Chidge. It's what the it's the players that we expect, and yet you somehow would hope that you know that there's an element of magic with the man that comes up with something else, but. He may just play this exact same team that we've seen before under Tuchel. But will it be different? Would he play the wing backs further forward? Will he play Sterling more out as a winger? Will he play all will be revealed? You know, I, I just feel that the poor man is under such huge pressure 
tomorrow because if you know if there's a draw even if there's a if there's a loss oh dear me what uh that's that's a bad start and uh how's he going to explain that away the pressure is absolutely enormous he's gonna to have to have very 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 big balls isn't he martin yeah, and you shouldn't underestimate the fact that he's an ex-Brighton manager, and Palace and Brighton have a quite intense rivalry. Yeah, I mean, what do you think so, of my what do you think of my team selection? Um, I mean, it's not really mine; it's what I think Potter will do. To be fair, it's not what I would pick. Without having seen enough of what Graham Potter does, I mean, does he play four or three at the back? I mean, the fact they couldn't work out what what was going on against Salzburg, and there was this whole thing of Sterling apparently being a wing back through people out altogether. So. In terms of personnel, I don't have too many disagreements with it, but you've mentioned Loftus-Cheek. Kulabali needs seemingly needs time. I think the fact that you know it's a red flag I threw after the Everton game. He was complaining about cramping 60 minutes into the first game of the season. What the fuck was all that about? Um, there's a lot of adaptation that's going to be needed, and that includes Potter as well. I think he's going to go with the strongest team he can muster while accounting for the fact that the one they got AC Milan in the week, and that's a, that is a must-win, and they've had players coming back at varying times of international duty. I don't know. I know Brazil. I think played in France or Switzerland this time. They didn't travel to South America, so travel issues may not be a problem for Silva, but um, for the others, ostensibly a lot of them were playing competitive games because it was um, the Nations League. So we shall see. I mean, I, I do hope Chilwell. Gets his gets a start because, like I say, I think he's a better player than Kukurella. He just still has his knee barely back back in one piece, so still recovering. And when he has played, he's looked explosive. So yeah, definitely, I'd like to see him play. I mean, the other the other question, boys, um, J.K. First, uh, you know, we've still got. I mean, I, I hear what you say about Zachariah, who we've seen nothing of. Chuck, I'm afraid, is ill, so we can't see what he's about. And I suspect that there will be some sort of pressure i'm not sure how it will be exerted but one can assume that it's part of the bowley plan that these young talented players get game time and they spent a bit of cash on him uh, but what about gallagher i mean I, I, this is the oh. one the one player we haven't mentioned who we all absolutely love he played for the under 21s did all right as far as i'm aware over the break of course he played again he played for palace the entire season last season he gives us something in the midfield that none of the others do I mean, I wonder what the propensity for Potter to throw a curveball there, I suppose, and, and play Gallagher. Didn't he play a completely different role, though, Chich? The very what, for, for the under-21s? No, for Palace. I don't know. I think he played higher at the pitch, but he was ostensibly box-to-box box for them. I mean, he was doing what Gallagher does really, really well, which we... But who, who would he do instead of? You know, Kovacic. Kovacic. Kovacic, well, he's not really box-to-box, box, is he? He just thrusts out of defence and then sprays the ball about we don't ever see him running into the penalty area shooting because that's something that he I mean, never does here's, he here's, never... A, here's a scenario for you you know if you if you were to play uh three three five two i think let me get this right you could play um obviously you have two wing backs chilwell and james but you could have mount and gallagher either side of Kovacic or Jorginho which I think would be quite interesting. And then you've got Brozier, any two of Brozier, Aubameyang and Havertz up front. Where's Sterling? Where's Sterling? He doesn't play. Ah, he won't do that. Well, I mean, you could, okay, so any two of Sterling, Havertz, Brozier, Aubameyang. That's how you solve that one. Yes, yes. But that would mean possibly dropping somebody who, 
would probably wouldn't enjoy being dropped. Well, that's the fucking problem he's got on his plate because we've got a lot yeah. of players and they're all rather good. But I yeah. mean, you could play Sterling with Havertz. You could play Sterling with you could play Sterling with any of those other three. I would suspect that actually Sterling would play better with Aubameyang because that's a little bit more similar. What I was impressed with about Aubameyang and the limited time that we've seen him is I like his runs. I like the fact that he runs between the lines. And I think that's the kind of player that uh, Sterling would probably benefit playing with. I don't think it. I don't think he's gelled with Havertz yet, but I think that's because Havertz is in stinking form. And Brozier's more of a battering ram, I think. But I think Brozier could quite happily play up on his own. But Bro, I mean, a bit like you know, he's not, I'm not saying he's like Costa because Costa was a hell of a player. But if you think about it, Costa wasn't the kind of number nine who would just stay on the penalty spot. You know, he would move left and right, a bit like Drogba used to. You know, they would move across the front. And I think Brozier's that kind of player. I mean, you would see him springing up on the left sometimes or on the right sometimes, even though ostensibly his position is to play in the penalty area. So mm. I think Brozier's very different from the other three. So that would be quite interesting to see how Sterling could gel with him. But I think Sterling could play with any of the other two. But remember, there are five subs. So you have to remember that, you know, once again, I think that we'll see Gallagher as a sub. And I think he'll change it when he comes on. I think that's going to be his role. Because I do, I think that you're right about Kovacic and Jorginho playing. I think they're the they're the regulars. They're the uh, they're the top internationals. They're the top players. Um, and I think it's difficult for uh, for Gallagher as a, as a consequence, yeah. um, unless he changes the pattern in some way. Or they're uh, I don't know where it, 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 it's you know we we're going to all be revealed tomorrow. We're, we're, we're all in, in 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 limbo about it, aren't we? We really don't. But I think know. these five substitutes are really important mm. because I think it, it's it's to do with the level of performance as well. If everybody's playing absolutely the top of their game because he really likes a pressing game, he will absolutely uh, of necessity use all five in a, because they'll need to because the others will be exhausted. Mm. That's a very good point, actually, Martin, one that I'd uh, overlooked in some way. Um, I do wonder, though, you know, it, it, another another thing to consider, as well as the previous thing I said, you know, we said it's it's Potter's first game in the Premier League for Chelsea. It, it comes about you know nearly a month after his first game. His first game, what we did see is that he did what Tuchel did. He went, he went back to the tried and trusted, the experienced players. And I'm not surprised by that. It's what Tuchel did. You could see this almost in the context of this is his first game again. Hence, he might stick with the experienced players, which would, would rule certainly the likes of um, of uh, of Gallagher out, I think. So I don't know. What do you think? That's what I said earlier, actually, about he will probably go more for experience this time. Mm. He'll need as long as it's not Dave in the position, I think he must play for Farmer. I don't think you can rule it out because no. that's what he's done previously. But I, I wouldn't have... Wouldn't have thought so. I don't. He hasn't looked great since he's played, but you never know. I mean, I think he, while he's still settling in and while he's still trying to make, you know, work out, you know, the pedigree of what he's got and what he likes and what he doesn't like, he may lean towards experience. Certainly in the early couple, early few games, and definitely next week against the AC Milan. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Andy Jacobs. I was listening to a bit of Talk Sport this afternoon. Andy Jacobs says if he puts if he if he starts with Dave, he's turning the radio off. Well, Andy Jacobs is a prick. So well, that's true. I know. I know. That's 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 harsh but fair. Uh, but I kind of know what he meant. I mean, it would. I mean, you know, we. I think we all saw that it didn't work playing Dave and uh, Silver in a back, in sensibly a back, a centre back pairing. And 
God help us if we do it again, I'm afraid, but we'll see. I mean, there's some interesting kind of stats floating around about this match, one of which I think we kind of alluded to in a, in a, in a slightly, you know, kind of swervish way. But Potter's never beaten Palace in seven attempts as a Bright, as Brighton manager. Nope. Nope. He's one of, I think he got a couple of late equalisers there. I think Neil Mope got one last mm. season or something like that. And there was a, well, you know, end falling, but yeah, I mean that Brighton Palace rivalry doesn't make doesn't make sense to me. I think there's something that happened in the 80s, and then there was a re- report when Gus Poyo was the Brighton manager that someone had shat on a dressing room floor, and he the, the, as some part of the rivalry, and he lost the head over that. And couldn't they blame it on the on the on the either the eagle or the seagull? Well, no, I, th- I think it was very. <laughs> I don't think you could judge by what it looked like, but apparently he walked in and goes. Hey, who shit on the floor? And Glenn Murray put his hand up, says, "Me, boss, but I'm better in the air." So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one, Martin. But um, tush. Uh, J.K. Our record at Palace is is actually not unsurprisingly very, very good. Uh, since the start of football, i.e., since the Premier League was invented, uh, we've played them 14 times at Selhurst Park. We've won 11. We've drawn one and lost only two. Interestingly enough, well, one of those losses was in 2014 with J.K. Uh, J.K. John John Terry's remarkable headed own goal, if you remember, which had the Palace fans absolutely salivating for about ten years. Um, and um, the the last time we lost was in 2017. And do you know what? We lost two one. Uh, I Aspie scored an own goal. Zahar scored their winner. I, this is a. I will give you a prize, which I haven't decided yet. If you can tell me who scored for Chelsea, you, you either know it or you'll never get it. Back a Yoko. Oh, for fuck's sake! You're a genius. How did you know that? Well, I was there, and I remember it was the only good thing he ever did. Yeah. Do you know what? I can. I, I can. I cannot remember this match at all. I have absolutely I say, no memory. I was going to say. I was going to say Bat Shui, but it's come back to me now. Yeah. It was. They'd like lost the first eight games of the season, sat their manager and Roy Hodgson yeah. was in yeah. charge. And we, were and we all just went, we came and go, we know what's going to happen here, don't yeah. we? And lo and behold, that's exactly yeah. what happened. We were absolutely useless. I mean, it was embarrassing. It was just, yeah. But I can't remember the Bakayoko goal. I it mean, was I was... Actually, it was something like header at the far post or something. Yeah, it's it? off a corner, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a set yeah. piece. Very, very bizarre. That's the last time we lost there. So, you know, form in that respect is on our side. But I, I think we have to, I think we, we. I mean, a bit like, um, interesting kind of comparison in stats, really, Martin. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of stats we see this year saying, Potter's never won against this team, or Potter's lost this many times against this. Yeah, but of course, Potter lost it play, you know, as, the, as the Brighton manager. And then we're also going to get, Chelsea have won most of their matches against this side. Our record against them is brilliant. But yeah, but that was when we didn't have Potter as a manager. And we're kind of like entering very new uncharted territory for this Chelsea side at the moment. So I think a lot of these stats are fairly spurious. Having said that... Um, Palace's uh, home form is exceptionally good at the moment. They've only lost one in their last 11. While, of course, our away form is relatively poor. We've only won two of six. So it's it's arguably a very tough one to call, this one, Martin. Yeah, I'd say so. I think it's going to be nip and tuck either way. Um, I know we'll get to predictions later, but also I'll hold my fire on that one. But, yeah, it's not going to be easy for Chelsea at all, but then I wouldn't expect it to be, irrespective of who the manager is, because you go to Crystal Palace, unfortunately, you know, their fans, they're annoyed. They are... They make a noise. They they do make a noise. They're probably the best in the league in that respect. 
But um, they've got um, a drum. Ah. Yeah, they've got. Yeah, you know, so they they do and make. They all noise. wear black. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little bit North Korean, but you know, they it clearly works for them, as you can tell by their home form. And on their day, they've got players like Zaha, Michael Elise. Um, they're a very well organised. Eze, Eze, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eze. Um, yeah, because another one has been fucked by an Achilles injury. So is he out? I, I want it. I don't know. I know he had a serious one. I don't know if he's fully recovered from it yet because, like, with Hudson and Doyen, Loftus-Cheek, it takes a lot longer to recover from that. Then. So he's coming back from that injury. I think he's, I think he's back. Yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. back. But, it's you know, getting up to, you know, the speed he was at before he got the injury takes time. So I'd mm-hmm. like him to recover, just not this weekend, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just well-organised. We've got Gwehi, who we know about. I think Patrick Anderson, but you've mentioned he's out. And an underrated goalie in Guaita. Yeah, because that's the point. Palace have got four out, from what I can see. Uh, Butland is definitely out. Jack Butland is out, the goalkeeper. He'd be, he'd be reserve anyway. He would be reserve anyway. James McCarth has done his groin. Fuck, he's about 102. So maybe their injury... <laughs> Nathan Ferguson's done is out with an ankle injury. So I'm not even going to pretend I know who he is. <laughs> no, so, uh, and James Tonkins is a doubt with a calf injury. So again, he hasn't played for about two I, I years. Think, I think their injuries are rather misleading. That they're not. They I, probably wouldn't have started anyway. Any of them? No, I, I wouldn't have said any of those would start. They're very much reserves. And I'd yet, comment. could you not see us winning easily? Just to throw. No, <laughs> no I suppose not. <laughs> Absolutely really. not. I mean, not like, the Bamiyang score a hat trick. Will, will he get more? Will he get more touches than Lukaku? That's the key. The key question because that was the. The nine touch game he had at Sellers Park last back in February, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, look. Yeah. I mean, the answer to that question, J.K., is, is yes, of course, because on paper we have far better players than Crystal Palace. But as uh, Brian Clough used to say to everybody, football's played on grass, not paper. So you know, and I mean, I think I think just the state of the club at the moment. Uh, they, they. I think I don't know. I mean, we've not talked about this much actually, and I know we haven't played that many games. But I have to say, Chelsea don't. They all look really a bit unfit and a bit tired already, and we've only only just started the season. And I have to say that is a is something we haven't talked about, and I have to say is a bit of a concern. I didn't get well, the impression that Jorginho was tired in the Italian game the other day. He was, he was he was playing England, mate. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about change has been made if you know physio's gone doctor's gone a lot of unsettlement a lot of unsettlement but if they've taken one look at the fitness of some of those players and the only player i've seen look fully sharp the whole way through has been raheem sterling and he came from the outside so if you're you know todd bowley garzi i can't can't remember his full name so i apologize if he's listening we just call him the hobbit or something because he looks a bit like one i I don't know. I'll, I'll try and get his name right. No, but no. If they, they've taken one. They've taken taken one look at everyone from the outside and gone. These players aren't fit. Then they can maybe look at bringing their own guys. And what what happened with Fafana's medical? It was done in New York. Yeah, but I mean, I I could kind of understand that, although it makes no sense in some respects. But you know, it's Bowley's club. You know, he's been involved. Don't tell with... Gary Neville that. It really know, upsets him. But it, it is Bowley's club. It. He, you know, he he knows a bit about American sports, having been, you know, in with the Dodgers. He's about to spend a lot of money on a player. So in terms of his due diligence, he, he's going to go with, you know, people he trusts. And maybe he just trusted the Americans 
a bit more than, uh, than, than our lot. A lot of the people he trusts are going to be outside of the game. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see that it's already putting a lot of noses out of joint, which, you know... I don't the, mind Gary Neville's the, the, nose being out of joint. Well it's, a, well, it's a big fucking nose. You couldn't miss it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> And let's, let's be honest, I don't really want to hear from a man going on decrying American money. Now we're going to try and get your, get our American listeners back after I slagged off their national team. No, they've all um, gone. It's too, too late, Martin. You've, you've, oh, you've, you've, you've screwed fuck. it up totally. Ah, fuck them. Anyway, but the point I will make is that while they, um, you know, for all Neville's talk about American money being bad, which is A, xenophobic, B, absolute bullshit. I don't think Liverpool fans are complaining much. And C, he's on Sky Sports News in the week doing his little bit for the Qatar Tourist Board ahead of the World Cup for Sky Sports News. You know, no, no doubt with his mate David Beckham giving him a a plum number. But his brother, that his brother manages an American club, the one that you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, into Miami, Toy, um, Toy Town, Miami, whatever it's. That's called. where Higuain. That's where Higuain went. Oh my God, Pigwain's over there, is he? Yeah, he's he's in a bright electric pink strip. And he's probably too slow even for that league. Well, um, he's done doing all right. I mean, look, I, look. Here's the thing. I mean, you know, I, 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 without sounding too xenophobic, there is a part of me that you know, would prefer English players to play for English clubs to be run by English managers because it is an English game and an English... Fucking hell, I can hear Land of Hope and Glory in the background. It's like the last night of the fucking proms. Not the second verse, please. Not the second verse. But, okay, and this this is the big but. Much as I would love that, that is akin to people... And I don't want to get political here, all right? So don't... Don't give me grief on Twitter about it. But that is akin akin to what a lot of people said. A lot of people voted for Brexit before because they wanted to go back to this nostalgic time where the beer was warm and the cricket was dry. You know, it, it's that that has gone forever. I mean, it is gone. It is not coming back. As the Monty Python said, it is dead. It is, it is, it is deceased. It is no more. It has gone to make, meet its maker. That is not happening. We live in a global world with a global game we Chelsea have had international superstars playing at this club for the last 30 years. We've had the best of European and world managerial talent. That's where we are now and that's where we're going. So you can't have one without the other. So, you know, frankly, you've got to embrace it. That's where we are now. We ain't going back, right? Well, if you, if you want an English players and an English manager and English... You've got the English national team. Yeah. And most of these people that want that have spent the and last week... And they're shit and I hate them. <laughs> they've spent the last week pissing and moaning I about know, them. So, know. you know, you can't have no, it both ways. Even, exactly if De- even if Declan, Declan Rice is Irish, let's... <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, but exactly that, JK. Um, can I just push into another um, um, area here, which is, do you not believe that... Um, like what happened with Liverpool, who uh, at the beginning of, the, of when Klopp came in, um, I think he he got rid of about most of the squad. Now, if if the squad underachieves, I think that this new uh, ownership will discard a large number of players and replace them with. Um, I don't think it'll be as as mad as the uh, the original Abramovich era purchases, but I think they will attempt to go after elite players in a way that. Um, is even more uh, not excessive than Abramovich, but will be um, will 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 be dealing with with uh, with huge moneyed purchases. I mean, even now with this this Nkunku situation that was uh, um, that appeared today, which is apparently he's had a med- <laughs> the secret medical that's all yeah. over every fucking paper. Yeah, yeah but also, does it make any sense to have a medical for somebody who's coming in 
in in this, I didn't think it was January. I think it was going to be uh, next year, next season. Doesn't make any sense. What if well, you get- I've, I've seen Liverpool do it a few times because I'm pretty okay. sure. I, I think I can't remember if it was Matt. No, it weren't Manny because he he came from Southampton. But some of the players they got from German teams. Some um, think off the top of my head, I'm thinking Navi Cater and one other. The announce the decision, the announcement that they were joining happened well in advance of the summer. So it was like well, November, Thiago. December. Possibly, but mm. I'm thinking more. I'm thinking more the um, Navi Cater and one other from either Leipzig or Salzburg, and they were signed, announced well in advance they were coming. Kind of similar to what we did with Christian Pulisic. But I mean, um, all, all this is very good and well, and I agree with you both in what you're saying. And I mean, in a sense, oh well, how could it go with American owners? You know, will it go like like the FSG? Will it go like the Glazers? Will it go like Kronk, Kronk whatever his name is, Kronkier? Kronky, Kronky, Stan Kronky. Yeah, you know, um, well, we don't know. Maybe it'll just go like Bowley. I mean, it's, it's clearly been successful at Liverpool. I'd say the jury's out on Arsenal and it's gone shockingly with the Glazers, you know, on every single level. But there's no reason why, I, A, the Bowley plan will go like any one of those and in, in all likelihood it'll go the way it'll go with him here and that's fine. But um, it does seem to be a bit more of a disruptor than I expected. Um, he's not hanging about, I, is he? No, and I, I, I did, in, even though I don't agree with the All-Star game for the reasons Klopp mentioned, which is fixture, where do you put it? I think it? that was a throwaway comment. Oh, it was a throwaway he comment. Was, he was, was like, as the Yanks yeah. say, spitballing. Of course. and he'd he, seen, was to, he was trying to look for the best possible way of well, it was, it, it was, more revenue, wasn't it? It was obvious he was what he was doing, but the way it was treated, it was like he'd committed a heresy. Well, and well, I thought well, I thought that was laughable. Well, of course, it was an overreaction, and of course that's but that's because they want clicks, and it was guaranteed yeah. to get you know. Come on, well, what what's the most po- what's the most popular game in rugby league? The, the state of origin. So maybe not an all star game, yeah. but do something similar with that. I, I'm not worried about that per se, and I agree with you, Martin. I think that there's, uh, I mean, you know, whether it's deliberately or willfully xenophobic or not is moot. But what we can absolutely guarantee that it is is it's designed to stoke uh, newsprint clicks and everything else because Chelsea has been used as that hobby horse for a long time now. How do you feel about this multi-club model then? I think, it, well, we discussed it on the uh, Q&A show that we did, but I think it's a very good idea. I don't like it. Well, okay. I'll, can I tell you why I think it is a good idea? Of and course. then you can tell yeah. me why, why you don't like it. I mean, it's it's clearly worked for other clubs. And I think actually the, the, the key point that they were making about it was that, you know, we really do... Um, set a lot of stall by the really good uh, academy players that we have and we're not convinced that just loaning them out willy-nilly to all sorts of other clubs necessarily does them any good so if we loan them out to clubs that we actually own we can monitor their progress a lot more successfully and keep them in the fold a lot better and actually enable them to come actually enable a more realistic pathway than actually just losing sight of them to clubs that we don't really have any influence over and and I think on that basis I think it's a good idea but Martin do do tell me what what you don't like about it uh mine's more on the emotional side so I'm glad I didn't have a beer before this section um I with Chelsea's history with everything that happened with Marler Estates which led to the pitch owners which led to the vote in 2011 and various financial scrapes over the years I feel very uncomfortable with the idea of Chelsea Football Club subsuming the identity of other clubs and to turning them into farms and turning them into feeders. It just doesn't sit right with me. I think wherever possible, professional football clubs should be of their own identity. And there's also ethical and financial manipulation arguments around multiple club ownership. I don't like what Udinese and Watford are doing all the time when they 
just you know m- m- move players around as as it suits. So basically, every time Watford get promoted, they get half a Udinese team and vice versa. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. I don't like City doing it. I know it's worked for them. I know, but I, and it just, it just doesn't. It isn't what I want it's to see. It's not football, Jim. It's kind of yeah. I'm, I'm going no, a bit talk. I'm very talk. I'm going a bit talk sport about it. And I, I no, but, normally but mate, would throw up in my own mouth. But no. my issue is that I don't think it's right that Chelsea should assume another club's identity no. for their own ends, which, and it would be a very one-way relationship. Let's, Martin, we all know that. I, I hadn't considered that at all, and I totally agree with you. I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, we know we know that Bowley is a massive fan of the RB Leipzig, Leipzig and RB Salzburg model. I mean, he's, he's very... Well, he, seems to be, he seems to be trying to in, in, import it and lock, stock and barrel. Well, that's a very American thing, you see. And I think you, yeah. you go to the heart of the matter here, and I'm sorry, Yanks, but you know that is the american way they don't have the um the community attachments to their clubs that we do over over in europe i will say let's not just england but in europe it you know all the clubs in europe including england were born out of a community it's all about the the location that they are and the community they grew out of. And that is just not the case in America. LA Dodgers being a classic case in point. They were the Brooklyn Dodgers once upon a time. And then they just moved wholesale over to LA. You know, the, that, the, that, the Dodgers name was over the the trams, wasn't that's it? That's right. They used to hop off the tramps. Exactly that, yeah. Martin. You know your history. Clearly, you're a Dodgers fan like me. No, well, fuck. I'm New York Yankees, mate. There you go. All right. <laughs> but, you know, that that's commonplace in the States because I don't think that they have the attachment to, to their sports teams I mean, I'm not saying they don't have an attachment to their sports teams because clearly they do, but I don't think they have it in the same way as we do in Europe, where it is actually very much born out of the community. Jake or South America, where or you know Brazil, yeah. Brazil has been mentioned, and a lot yeah, of those clubs yeah. were based out of immigrant communities. Absolutely so. right, absolutely right. Jk, we got all weirdly philosophical tonight. I'm enjoying this, but anyway, what, what do you think, mate? Uh, I, I I don't mind the. Uh the pattern because of what you've established already about the the youth aspect of it i think um uh i think they've created a rod for their own back by having such an excellent youth academy and they cannot afford to have some of these players just disappear um and gilmore is an obvious example you know you get sent out to norwich and even his the the, the what was his name the 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 norwich manager who was ducal's mate fuck um, yeah, yeah, fuck. I it. beg your pardon. You think I'd remember, <laughs> you think I'd remember that, wouldn't you? Um, he was supposed to be playing him because he was similar to Tuchel, had the same ideas, but he he didn't play him. So you just think, well, perhaps it's because Gilmore wasn't very good. We will find out what, what whether Gilmore progresses at Brighton. Um, but uh, I I sort of just observe these things with just seeing. I wonder how this is going to work. You know, I I'm I'm I don't have any negative view about it if it's positive for the club uh, and the club achieves its status as one of the best in the world i will be very very happy so but this is the beauty of it jk and you're absolutely right as you so often are um we just don't know we absolutely do not know this is a a weird kind of laboratory experiment in some sort of ways and we know it'll, i mean i think what we can pretty much say with certainty it'll either go very very well or horribly wrong but the reality you know, is we don't know which way it's going to go. All I can say is that the Tuchel era, era the Tuchel era was fabulous. <laughs> he was a fabulous manager. He lost his way a bit towards the end and we never understood. Well, and the Roman Abramovich era was fantastic, yeah. but also immensely <coughs> fucked up, you know. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and yet I will miss it. Listening to the, to Potter's presser today, it was yeah, it was Mr. Average, mm. and uh, Tuchel was a, a brilliant a brilliant diplomat and an entertaining yeah. man in a way that Potter is not. He so, had charisma. Huge charisma, and Potter Potter though having a he's had um, a charisma bypass. He's from no, Soli Hull, for God's sake. I, I don't think that's, that's that's not really fair. He has a very different approach, and all the players like him. Everybody you are you are the you know you. This is why you did a Ferrero Rocher advert because you are the <laughs> diplomat's friend, mate. Honest, not like me. I'm just a cantankerous old bastard, basically. No, but but you know, though, it, I, I think it's unfair to compare him with AVB because if well, I, I was careful how I said that. I mean, I I yeah. I, I, I hesitated before I, I I compared him to AVB in the fact that he's, he made a word salad of his pressers. That's that's the only way, really. I didn't. He just spoke in kind of management speak, you know. Yes, yes. That's well, what I, I meant. I think, well, I felt that was him just trying to cope with the fact that he was out of his depth a bit and uh, well that's my point maybe maybe at this level potter is but we well no we, well potter didn't doesn't speak this potter is just a bit dull okay fair enough all right well, we, let's once again he will probably be less dull when he's asked questions like you know why did the team not play as well why did you choose that formation yeah, yeah exactly it's be much more specific i mean today was a complete non-event because he's got no clue about what's going to happen this it's is way too early to judge yeah. it's way yeah. too early to judge um it's not way too early though for us three to give our predictions for the match tomorrow martin um well being as i can't predict anything other than a chelsea win how are you doing in the prem predictions league by the way martin not not as good as you oh, is okay. that the point you want to no, make no 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 i just 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 generally curious you know start start slowly and build up mate. yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think that's the best start way start well and work my way down don't worry it'll, it, it won't last re- reach for the ground mate <laughs> hit the ground yeah oh, oh very political <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to say 1-0 i think it will be a a tight game and with any luck Graham Potter will allay my fears about him being a boring sales rep from somewhere in the Midlands and knee slide in front of the fucking Holmesdale afterwards <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun, give him the V's <laughs> giving him the wanker sign oh I, absolutely I would, yeah. I would pay money I would ki- I would. the next time I got anywhere near his vicinity I would run up hug him and kiss him if he did that so one, oh, yeah. <laughs> one, one nil for you yeah yes JK well I'm the pre- in the Prem predictions this week I've put um I've tried something interesting, which is that I've made every game a draw. Oh, my God. <laughs> Minus 97 points incoming. Or he's going to win a shitload on the pools. Oh, yeah, my yeah. Oh my God. Uh, other than Chelsea, uh, which I've made 2-1. gone 6-0 or something like I've that. Gone two one. I've gone 2-1. 2-1? Two one. Two one. Yeah, 2-1 to us. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if... I mean, it would be really interesting, wouldn't it, if suddenly we went on a kind of... Um, uh, uh, Conte-esque run where we just won everything and I'd I'd love that and people then very go, funny. Uh, yeah people go oh wow god he's a genius what's he done oh wow this is fantastic but um and then and the it, world cup had intervened, intervened the whole thing. it all up yeah and it's uh but no I'm I'm looking forward to us winning the Europa League in the summer um no in, in or the uh, European uh, conference yeah they, that's what it'll oh don't say then that. we can generally say we've won it all we can actually. That's yeah. always a positive aspect. Well, you've got to extend the banner a little bit, so you've got the fourth trophy on. Yeah, yeah. But I, I um, uh, it could very well be that he s- sorts the defence out, and um, uh, I don't think he'll play Dave. Thinking on that, I think he'll play Fofana just because of the speed aspect of it, and uh, um, and I think a Bamiang will score, which would be great. Uh, and I, we could easily win three nil, which would surprise everybody. But I think it'll be two one. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. I, I'm in agreement entirely with JK, uh, which is not unusual. Um, it's not common, but it's not unusual, as Tom Jones would say. But uh, yeah, I'm going for 2-1, mate, as well. I, I, I think we're... We are we are one goal better than Palace, so one nil or two one. I just can't see us not shipping a goal basically at the moment. I really can't. So, and I think Potter's more uh, aggressive, adventurous going forward, so he won't be as 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 risk averse as Tuchel was at the back, although it didn't look like it recently. And I still think we've got errors in us. That's that's the trouble, and I don't know why. I don't know whether it's mental tiredness, physical tiredness, or what. But every time we played, every game we played this season, we've got errors in us, and I don't think that'll be ironed out quick. So I think we're we're definitely at risk of conceding a goal. And Palace are, are, are not a, not a bad side; they can score. So I I think I'm erring on the two one rather than the one nil. But I do think we're one goal better than them. So I'm going for two one like J.K. So there you go. All will be revealed at three o'clock tomorrow. You you go, Martin. Yeah, uh, might be a bit of a job getting there because the trains are on strike and Palace is the one London team that doesn't have a tube station near it. No, so. you, you've got to get the bus if you... If I've got to bus yeah. it from Waterloo by the look of it. Yeah, Mate, if you hear of any spears going, I think my mate Bobby D is still looking for one. Okay, um, I'll keep an eye out. I've seen a couple of last-minute dropouts somewhere, but... I mean, um, tell me off air rather than on air, but yeah, um, sure. where, 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 where are you lot drinking tomorrow? That's what I'll ask you. Um, what I might do is get him to head down to the pub anyway. I'm not going to be drinking anywhere. Well, um, all right. Just... Lit, cause, but, no, because the trains have nosed it up. So normally you'd go through Clapton Junction. I'm now not doing that. I'm just going to be heading straight there from Waterloo. Well, I mean, I, I used to drink in Victoria on the way to Palace. Yeah. So a lot of people would drink in Victoria and they just get on the Vicky line, uh, get get on the train from Victoria. Um, because I was, what I was going to suggest is that he, he meets... He just goes to the pub where everybody's drinking, and and just hangs about because he's he's very yeah. likely to pick up a ticket that way. But um, I'll put I'll put a I'll put a little tweet out. Not well, I'll put a tweet out, but I'll also um put a message out on our cock or no cock group because there's quite a few away season ticket holders on there. Quite often spears appear quite late, as we all know. So there we yes. go. All right. Well, look, have fun, mate. I hope you get there in time. I hope the bus isn't too onerous. Uh, J.K., you you going down at the palace tomorrow? I am indeed. I have two options because I'm in Putney. I can always cycle. Which are you uh, in Putney now? I am. Not in Hammersmith. Nah, moved to Putney. Whereabouts? Mate. I mean, don't tell me off air. But anyway, I didn't yeah. know that. I'll ask you in a minute. I, I, uh, cycling takes fifty minutes, so I think I might do that. Or uh, I've got a mate going by car, and I've decided, I agreed to meet him if I cycle to meet him. So who knows how I'm going to get there? You know, you only go by car to QPR or train. Uh, no, I would get the central line. No, go by train, go by car. Let's all laugh at QPR. Oh, Chidge, I knew you were setting yourself up yeah, for that, and I go. fell into the trap. You yeah, did. yeah, you did every time. Well, look, both of you enjoy the match tomorrow. Um, I'm glad that uh, two out of three of us are going to the match. Uh, that's always nice, and uh, come back with all three points. And uh, more to the point, I look forward to seeing you both on Sunday. I'll be yeah, there. Uh, looking forward to it. Excellent stuff. Right. Uh, we will be back on Monday. Well, actually, we'll be back on Sunday, uh, several of us, for the Kerry Dixon uh, evening. Um, so, as I said earlier on, you know, do get down to that if you can. But we'll be back with the main show on Monday, uh, 7 o'clock, of course, looking back at the match against Palace and also ahead to the match against Milan, uh, which is on Wednesday evening. And we ha- we will have a very special opposition view with my old mucker, Sheridan Bird, who was the who was the first get it was me dr martin sheridan bird on the first fan cast that we ever did back in 2008 
And Sheza is now uh, a quite a, a reputable uh, football commentator and journalist and pundit uh, for Syria A. So he'll know all about Milan and what we're up against there. So he's coming on the show on just for that bit on Monday. So that'll be worth watching out for, listening out for. So there you go. Right, uh, you lot out there, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, and keep it chels. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.